Welcome to Raising Up Cops, a podcast about raising Coptic kids in Western culture, hosted by me, Madonna Lewindi, and my co-host, Laura Michael. Well, this week, Madonna, we asked our listeners to contribute their top parental struggles and worries. We compiled the list and we came up with a top five to share with you today. A few teens that I know also responded and their perception of parent worries were really fun to read, actually. Yeah, it's definitely interesting what we worry about as parents internally and then what our kids seem to think we worry about, because those are the things that we kind of focus on when we talk to them daily. Those are like the daily struggles. So we are going to share those top five now in order of the least concern to the greatest concern. Yes. For for the teenagers, they thought their parents cared about their grades or what kind of messes they were making at home. But really, those are such short term things. And what we compiled and what the parents shared with us are very, very much big picture, futuristic worries. So number five is the parents, both parents or the village, if it's a single parent, um, being on the same page. And we see this all the time, like Tisa and Giddle want to give the kids more candy than we want them to have, Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, Madonna, have you run into situations like that? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, my, my little group of friends and I, we've had so many talks already. Like we made a little, you know, unofficial pack. Like this is what age we're going to give our kids a phone. This is what like kind of things that they're going to be allowed to do and say and, and listen to and all these things. So we definitely tried to get on the same page together so that our kids when they're hanging out, um, they don't have as much of a concern because we can say like, Hey, you know, these are the group of people that we hang out with all the time. This is the kind of influence we're going to have in our life. And so this is the, the rules we're going to follow. Of course, that does not mean that we're never going to come across things that we don't see eye to eye on. And that presents its own set of challenges. What about you? Your kids are older, so I'm sure you run into this quite a bit. Yeah, well, I remember when we recorded our um, episode about keeping, uh, like getting kids to cooperate in church. I can't remember exactly which episode it was, but we were talking about Holy week and all the things we have to do to get ready. We talked about how like different parents have different rules and it's even within the church, it can be really frustrating. And even within the same family, different people have different rules. Like, you know, your cousins might be doing something that you're not allowed to do in your house, that sort of thing. So I think that, uh, yeah, for sure. All of us being on the same page is an issue. I, Man, for me, for some reason, it's all about junk food because when I lived in Virginia, it was really pretty easy to control the junk food um, input that my kids would have. We would spend a limited time at church. We would go home and eat lunch there. Like um, we were very much, you know, like cocooned from the wide world of junk food. And now here, my son just yesterday at summer camp probably snuck like 30 cookies behind my back. Oh my <laughs> Oh my goodness. You know, my daughter's there with her friends and they all want soda and we don't even buy soda in this house. So like, we definitely have that issue of the struggle of, you know, but they've had this and they can have that, but why can't I, and why can't I have 30 cookies? And, you know, um, for sure it helps when at least Abuna and I are on the same page. Do you feel like you and Danny are on the same page? Yeah, we, uh, and even if we're not, we try to at least put up that front for the kids. I mean, that's like our, our main goal. There's been plenty of times where, you know, Danny wants to be more strict about something and I'm more lenient or vice versa. I'm more strict about something and he's much more lenient, but then we'll just be like, you know, mommy said, or, you know, daddy said, so that's that. Um, but like things like this even happen, say at the playground, like, you know, we're at the playground, like 
I don't want you walking up the slide because other kids want to come down and you're going to get the slide all dirty. But then they look and like 15 kids are walking up the slide and it's fine. Um, and it becomes a lot harder to navigate that when I'm telling them one thing and they see a billion other people doing the same thing. Or like you mentioned at church, you know, we see a lot of kids bringing food and a lot of kids bringing toys. And, you know, we set that rule that they're not allowed to do that in church. So it gets difficult when everyone else is doing something. Um, but I mean, that's just a picture of how the whole, our whole life is going to be like, if we're being honest. Absolutely. This is just like a snippet of what life is for us when you're sitting in, you know, the lunchroom at work and you're the one with the full sandwich or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Um, yeah. Number four, Madonna, can you tell us about it? Yeah. So number four concern was uh, the family dynamic. So either the parents um, and the kids together, like how the parents related to the kids and the kids related to parents, and then also the sibling dynamic, like how the kids related to each other. Um, This is one that we, Danny and I have always said, and I'm sure we're going to eat these words later, but we have always wanted our kids to be best friends, even if that means against us, you know, um, and we want that for the long term that they are buddies that they like, stick up for each other that they protect each other that they like, you know, can tell each other things that they don't want to tell us about. Um, and hopefully they'll help each other in a positive way. Um, but that's a huge thing in our house, even though there's quite a bit of sibling competition and fighting that goes on. <laughs> what about yeah, you? Laura? We see that we see that here too. Um, at our house, we've got, you know, a five-year age gap and a very polite, well-mannered, obedient first child and a wild second child who really is going to take over the world. Um, and so trying to navigate that, like building that love between them, even though they're so um, disparate in age categories and um, gender and all of that. But I, I think that uh, one of the things that Uh, I'm really grateful for is in our family, like uh, my son adores his sister so much. And since he was maybe like two, anything that he negotiates for himself, he negotiates for her as well. So if he negotiates an extra cookie, he'll say, okay. And then he'll put out his other hand and say, and give me Sophia's cookie. (laughs) And he walks it over to her, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So he doesn't, he has a very deep-seated sense of fairness. Um, but I think the other thing, Madonna, we talked about for this issue about the parent-sibling dynamic also is that we're always worried about what our, our relationship with the kids is going to be like in the future, right? Yeah, for sure. I This one keeps me up at night, if I'm being totally honest. I um, I think I, maybe I've quoted this on here before. Did you ever watch Nanny McPhee, that movie? I did, and yeah. And there's like this quote that she says where she says when you – when you don't want me, but you need me, I'll be here. But when you want me and don't need me, I, I must go. And so I remember being like, I want my kids to want me when they don't need me. <laughs> like, I want them to feel like I, I want to hang out with mommy and daddy. I want to like, um, you know, come to them for advice. I want to seek their counsel. I want to, you know, spend my time off with them even if it's not because I need to do their laundry, right? Or like help them with dinner or, you know, all these other concert financial help. I want them to be independent and still feel like it is nice and good to hang out with mom and dad. Absolutely. Yes. I think that's kind of those, that kind of love of the family is something that parents really worry about and work on and try to um, achieve for sure. So then the third, number three, 
we we tried to cram a lot into number three because we because yes. <laughs> it's kind of a weird one but we um someone described it as a well-rounded personality and we interpreted that to mean that they are obedient to their parents they have good manners right they're polite but they're also empathetic they care about other people they're not just you know blindly obedient and then they also have healthy boundaries like they're not obedient and good manners and empathetic to the point that they're like run over or run down or lose their faith or, or you know um, all of those things what do you think Madonna yeah I think that um, when I used to hear well-rounded I thought that meant like somebody that was good at sports good at school good at church good at family good at all things at all times um, and I feel like that's setting the bar really high and and possibly just um, I don't want to say setting them up for failure, but probably making them feel a little um, stressed by that. So for me, a well-rounded personality just seems more like I know when to say yes and I know when to say no to things. Those healthy boundaries in that way. I know that um, church needs to come number one. I cannot say yes to my friends in order to put off something that was more important for my family. Uh, you know, being able to understand those kinds of things, which as an adult, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, like that word no is really hard for me, but also that my kids understand empathy. Like they're not going to be the kid that um, joins in the the taunting of another kid, or if they see somebody um, or if they see a need without being asked, they'll go fill it. They'll go help. They'll go do these things. Um, but also that they're, this is very idealistic. I feel like the more that I talk about it, but um, that they're obedient, that they love their parents and that they love one another. Um, I mean, it's, it's a loaded concern for sure. What about you, Laura? Yeah, I think in that too, I would put um, like intelligent and emotionally intelligent. You know, I, mm. I was reading, oh, I, for some reason, when you sign up for Quora, you get these questions sent to your thing. And one question was about this kid who was, or like the dad was upset that his kid got C's on his, um, like he had like three C's on his report card or something. And all of the responses were like, oh, this is toxic parenting. You shouldn't care what he gets, blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, I definitely care. Like I, if I know that this C is a sign that my child is not doing what they're supposed to day in and day out, then that is definitely a huge red flag. I don't get to just be like, oh, it's okay. You know, they're well-rounded in other ways or they've got other, <laughs> you know, I, I, I actually disagree with you. Is that crazy? Oh tell my me, gosh. Tell me what you think. As a teacher. Well, here's why I say that. Um, I guess, like you said, is the C because of they weren't doing their part or was the C because that was truly their ability? I feel like um, there have been many kids that I taught that, I mean, they put their full effort and like barely will pass, but it's amazing. And then there's kids that are really, they didn't do their best. It was clear and they made a B. Yeah, they did better, but they they really could have done better. Um, so anyways, I for my kids, and I'm trying to remind myself of that, it's really hard to do this in practice, but I want to not worry so much about their grades and worry more about their intellect and their, their wit, their, their cleverness, their um, go getterness, whatever the word is for that. Like, are you going to persevere and try new things when you don't know how, like if one thing doesn't work, I want like grit. I want my kids to have grit, whether or not they make all A's. I mean, we've seen so many stories of success where the kids like where an adult had like dropped out of college and dropped out of things. I don't want that for my kids, but they were still very successful people because they found their way in, in clever ways and new avenues. So I think overall, I would want my kids picture of success to be that they kept trying and that, that they figured out a solution more than academically they got all A's. 
But see, Madonna, my thing is that, you know, putting learning disabilities aside or struggle with a particular right. subject aside, you know, we, I was talking to one of my sisters, you have, as, as teachers, you and I know, we do everything in our power to give them the best grade possible. So mm -hmm. for example, getting an F means you really didn't try or there's something really wrong. I mean, you had, true. you had to work really hard to get a bad grade. I mean, even in college, you, I don't know, I feel like you have to really not do any of the work and not want to be there in order to, you know, or it has to be a subject that's totally outside of what you like or desire to be taking, you know, like physics was never my subject. I never got a good grade in physics, but if, if you're in, if across the board, I, and that's why I'm saying it's a flag for something else, you know, like the grade itself is not what's important, but does that mean that all night long you're on your video games instead of Exactly. completing the homework, you know, that's, that's what it's a, like a red flag for, in my opinion, that's kind of, and I, and I think that goes back to grit. Like if you can't complete assignments that are handed to you now, how are you going to get anything in life done? Right? right. Well, exactly. That's why I'm saying it matters where that C came from was just a lack of effort or was it like you tried and it didn't work, but then, you know, uh, like I, there was a class that I was failing in college. Like I was doing very poor and it was, it was like, a. I think it was anatomy and physiology, actually. I was doing everything. I, like, it was not entering. I'm not a science-minded in that way person. I'm not a medical field person, right? It was not going to, like, happen for me no matter how hard I tried. But what I did do, even though I was failing, was I uh, made an appointment with my professor. I went and had a talk with him, and I let him know, like, this is what was going on. Is there anything I can do? He came up with other assignments for me. I did a lot of extra work so that I wouldn't fail. Um, and I, he was kind enough to do that. So that's what I mean. Like, that's where I see it coming from. Yeah. So I think perseverance is part of that well-rounded personality. Like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> for absolutely. sure. Okay. Okay. Number two. Yes. Number two. Uh, the, the number two concern was physical and emotional safety, which to me was another loaded one. What, what do you have to say about that? I think that this is one that we as parents... I don't, I don't know. I don't think we outgrow it. I don't think that like, there's a point where we're like, well, we're not worried for their physical safety anymore. I think that every age comes with a different, especially physical safety. Like when they're one and two, they're just going to run into traffic, cross the street, like mm. leave the house. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> then when they're older, let's say, let's go all, let's jump all the way to teens. They're going to get in a car with a friend who knows whether that friend is a good driver. It has been drinking. Like I don't think there you go to college. You're worried about them walking home alone late at night. You're worried about somebody slipping them something or right. them getting involved in drugs. Like I think it, at least the physical half never ends. Like that concern never ends. It, no, not at all. And I, and especially, you know, we hear so many more cases of um, abuse being with even people that they know that is really, really tough to navigate how to, how to tell your kids to be careful without instilling fear in them. Uh, you know, like well, you want stranger danger, but you don't want them to be so scared that they can't interact. So it's a, it's a really delicate balance. And that's definitely where God's grace comes in. Um, and that has a lot to do with emotional safety too, because, um, you know, you want them to be able to understand who do they give their secrets to who do they actually give up um, their love to like that that's a really complicated again adults have not managed and figured out themselves um, to teach our kids that kind of thing I mean you will be on your knees praying we all are 
I remember that one of the things my dad used to say over and over and over, and so I knew it was a priority for him, was I'm praying that you find a, a really great life partner. I'm praying that you find a really great life partner. I mean, this is like, I was four and already like the prayers started. And I, I remember being, I went into the, the teaching test, you know, the praxis and they had yeah. posters on the wall of the, like the hallway going in or whatever. And I remember one of them was a list of like the things that determine your success in life. And number one was who you marry, right? Like, and so this idea that like, if you marry the wrong person, like the, a person who isn't good for you or a person who isn't helping you. So many things in your life can go wrong. If you're in an abusive relationship, so many other aspects of your life are then touched by that. And right. so for dad to be praying, you know, however long, 20 some years to, <laughs> to ensure that like the right person comes into our lives um, is amazing. Yeah, I, and that was my, oh, that's so funny. That was something my dad used to say too. It's like, you have a right to love and you have a right to be loved, but in the right time and with the right person in the right place. I'm like, that was thing. Um, but that was more because I like started showing an interest in a, in boys and he was like, uh, uh, pause, pause, pause. <laughs> I have to talk about this. Back up, back up. I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, that's definitely something that I could see um, causes a lot of anxiety in us as parents, just keeping our kids safe in, in every way. We want them to be safe. That's why it's number two, because that's something that we all really like. It's a visceral response, like the, like the running to get their like to keep them from touching the stove response. Right. It's very primal. But even in friendship, I want to say like, it's not just a, like a, a physical safety, like, all, you know, also what you were saying, like getting hurt and, but in emotional safety, I don't even mean just like a romantic love, but even like with, with, friends you know we've all been like hurt by our friends or you know burned by somebody that we thought we trusted and um it's it's a difficult thing to keep them safe in that way yeah betrayed and not bullied and all of those things yes for sure for sure that brings us to number one here we go (laughs) number one is we want them to live a god-centered life not a world-centered life we want them to be influenced by positive and spiritual sources and not negative and worldly sources what have you got for this one madonna I mean, I would say that this one we put as number one also because it's just the umbrella for everything else that we talked about. When you have a God-centered view of the world, um, your physical safety, your emotional safety, your personality, your family dynamic, your, you know, whether or not you're influenced by others, all of that falls under the umbrella of whether or not you um, point your compass towards God. And I think that we all desire that for our friends, or for, for our friends, for our kids, our friends too, why not? Um, but we want our kids to see everything through the lens of Christ. And this is how we love. And this is also how we hold our boundaries. And this is how we um, interact with other people. And uh, this is how we keep trying when things get tough and not to let these kind of burdens weigh us down. Yeah, it reminds me of a verse that I... Um that I love so much. I actually had it engraved on the back of um, Abuna's first iPad when he was ordained. And um, it's Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. So this idea that that when life is blessed by God and when we are living a God-centered life, you know, we've got this sort of fount of joy, not that we're never unhappy or that nothing goes wrong, but that there's a different fount of joy, a different solid foundation 
that guides us through everything. And that's what we want for our kids. We want them to have that. Absolutely. And I, it's, it's definitely tough to get it um, to be something that they want, not something that we want for them. That was like, there was somebody that said how to get um, kids to be, to get spiritual nourishment independently. Um, and that's a, I mean, again, we talked about this on our last episode with Shireen. This is not something that I learned until I was much, 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 much older, like in grad school. I finally understood that the, the quality of a relationship of God and what it could be for me in my life. Um, and that's something that I desire for my kids deeply now. Now, how to make them see everything in that way. It's tough. And we've talked about this before too, Laura, like when you're a kid, you do it. And then right around the teen years, something happens and everyone kind of strays and goes away for a little while, test the waters without God or test the waters without being super attached. Um, not across the board, but many people go through that. And then you slowly, you're like that foundation was set. And then you start going back to the compass again and going North. And, you know, parents are definitely very, very worried about that. I think in all generations, but you can especially feel it in this generation. I was just talking to a mom on Monday and she was telling me like her, her daughter, who's, who's young. I mean, she's, um, she's a, like a preteen or very early teens. She goes to school and at school, they mock her faith. They mock that she reads the Bible. They don't understand her world perspective. And that's obviously becoming more and more common. Social media is I mean, I've, people have been sending me these TikToks the last few weeks um, that are like supposed to be Christian, like supposed to be explaining Christianity or anti-Christian, but they have like, none of them have any basis in truth. Like they're, they're literally just making stuff up. And how do you ensure that your kids are not getting influenced by lies instead of the truth? Which was real tough when social media just came about in general. I mean, if like I fell into that trap as an adult, if I'm being totally honest, there, it was getting really difficult to um, know what was real and what wasn't. And even like, if we're being honest, even the news, like there's somebody behind those news stories who has their own views and they're writing things from their perspective. It's nearly impossible to be unbiased. So the only unbiased source is God. So being able to get them to see things through that way is, is um, a lifelong journey, a lifelong struggle for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So those were the top five worries of parents. Number five, the parents or the village being on the same page. Number four, great family dynamic, the parents with the kids, the kids with each other and so on. Number three, a well-rounded personality with boundaries and obedience and all those virtues that we love to talk about. Um, number two, physical and emotional safety. Number one, a God-centered and not world-centered life. And just to take it back to what um, Laura was saying at the beginning, again, our, you know, those teenagers shared their thoughts about what parents worried about. And it was very low level, like everyday kind of things. Meanwhile, us as parents really were worried about all these very high level, big picture things. So it matters um, you know, what we instill in our kids and what they see from us, what, what we are placing value on when we talk to them. Um, and it's good to share those big picture concerns with your kids, like dad sharing with me that he's praying for a great life partner that made me think, oh, I am deserving, or I should be seeking a great life partner. That's something important. So don't be afraid to tell your kids the things you're really worried about. Oh, that's such a good point. Transparency with our kids is everything. It really is. I mean, you try to give up that 
um, idea that like, you know, they don't want you to be worried. It would stress them out. It's good for them to know what's going on. I'm not saying to sit there and share like financial struggles and marital struggles with your kids, but do let them know that the world is not straightforward and easy. And that's why we need God to help us with all these things. And so through all these answers, you know, that we got, we just want to encourage you that it was obvious that for the most part, parents in general, we all share the same concerns, even from generations past. And, um, and we have survived. Everyone figures it out with time. And thankfully, now there are so many resources available to us that um, can help us make informed decisions. Absolutely. And with that being said, thank you so much for joining us today on this week's episode of Raising Up Cops. You can find us at raisingupcops.com and email us at raisingupcops at gmail.com. Looking forward to next time. Raising Up Cops is a podcast hosted by Laura Michael and Madonna Lewindy. None of the views expressed during this recording are the official stance of the Coptic Church or its hierarchy. These are purely our personal opinions, collected experiences, and organic discussions on selected topics. If you would like to reach out with any questions or comments, please email raisingupcopts at gmail.com or post on the Coptic Dad and Mom Parenting Community on Facebook.